0: Welcome to season two, episode 73 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I'm your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me today, I got the regular team of Matt Aguilar. What up? And Janelle Wheeler. Hey, everybody. And we got a lot to burn through today. We got to talk about a big shakeup in the DC movie schedule and some other big Warner Brothers and general movie shakeups, uh, as well as asking, are movie theaters dead now? Like, we got to talk about that. We've also got to talk about Ryan Reynolds maybe being rumored to get the biggest MCU contract out there. Matt's psyched because we get to talk the witch out today, and he's yeah. been kind of waiting for that. Every week he tries to slide in my program notes with some Witcher, <laughs> so Today we're going to let him That's finally true. fly. This, this so is like, you. this is the booty call for you. This is like the witcher booty call. Here we go. I have and your back on that, Matt.
1: And,
2: and Resident Evil. all of the same <laughs> yeah. Oh my
0: God, and
1: Resident Evil. Yes.
0: Just before we came in, we got a big Resident Evil movie reboot drop, so we got to talk about all that. Plus, we are going to deep dive. And Janelle gets a chance to shine because we are going to deep dive into the Walking Dead in its big Whisper War for in the Whisper War finale and the Walking Dead Beyond, which just premiered. So we're going to talk about that, and we're going to try to finally get to some of these comics we got to talk about. Matt's going to run down what's new this week, but we also got to talk about big things that are happening in the world of comics. We're going to talk about Exosuits, Three Jokers, and uh, especially this big Batman 100 Joker War finale, which we're going to get into. So, no time to delay. Let's get started right at the top. As I said, in our newsflash, we got to talk about some big upsets in the DC movie scheduling. Um, I'm actually on vacation right now, but apparently when I traveled, everything at Warner Brothers and DC kind of fell apart. because uh, You to can't where,
1: do that to us anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, got to, I got to my new destination, and now everything I was looking forward to from the DC movie universe in 2021 is gone. And uh, yeah the batman okay let's just get to the big stuff so here's the big kind of release date kind of shake-ups the batman has been pushed back out of october 2021 to uh march of 2022 so yeah that's 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 a big one we were really excited yeah. yeah the flash was supposed to be on june 2022 it's now coming in november of 2022 Shazam 2 was supposed to be in November of 2022. We're not getting that until June of 2023. And Black Adam is just gone. We don't have a release date change. It was supposed to be December... it was supposed to be December 2021. Now we have no idea when Black Adam is going to film or come out. So,
1: don't say it's gone cuz then people like me go, "What? Like they canceled it?"
0: <laughs> well, I mean, right now it doesn't, I mean, it's it's officially not on the schedule, so it is, I mean, oh my gosh. kind of a little bit canceled. I mean, it's not it's not canceled, but I mean, they're casting for it obviously, but there is no just, real firm
2: Yeah, like it just date. means it was so far out anyway they don't know what the hell to do with it until they get <laughs> all the other dates. Yeah. In exactly. order, you know, so understandable.
1: I
0: mean,
2: that sucker so, could be
0: 25. <laughs> yeah. I think wonder. Woman <laughs> oh, is, no. is, is Wonder Woman still holding it December right now?
1: I, I thought so. I can't. I, yeah, right. I'm i pretty sure, I think, but I, I also was really is. excited about the Matrix. I mean, that's the only. Yeah, we're gonna news. get to all
0: that, but I'm just I'm sticking with DC, like Jim, right now. <laughs> right now I'll jump the gun. We're gonna get to. All oh that. no,
1: my name's a J name too, so it works.
0: Yeah, I mean, jump gun, Janelle. There you go. Boom. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's still holding on Christmas. Wonder Woman's still holding on Christmas Eve, but like at this point, it's not really. That's not going to happen. No, no theaters are even. Yeah, this is into our larger discussion. There aren't even movie theaters to show these things in anymore. Like, so that's a thing. But yes, as Jump Gun except Janelle one, kind tease. of indicated, what's that?
2: I said, except for one tease. See what they teased it and jump it you did
1: not yeah. jump he's, it he's, he's okay he's, i'm learning i'm learning yes but as
0: janelle <laughs> jumped the gun and told you there were other uh warner brothers release date delays and uh one kind of earlier scheduling the good news is the matrix will get uh on december of 2021 so at the end of next year we'll at least get the matrix 4 as opposed to having spring 2022 um dune got not back an entire year so they just did that whole trailer debut in that event we just sat through it was like Fast and Furious Part Two, right? Oof. Like they just did a whole trailer event debut and now we're not even going to get this thing. It was supposed to come out. Um, it was supposed to be December 18th. Now it's going to be October 1st of it 2021. It will give people time Day. to
1: read the books. <laughs>
0: yeah, or forget that this movie or all movies even existed. <laughs> oh, no. So those are the latest. Um, they weren't the only ones. Our, our hometown hero from the beginning of this, James Bond, No Time to Die, I mean, really kind of started this bleeding by jumping its date back. It finally gave up, I mean, when COVID hit, we were kind of laughing at James Bond at first. Now we were kind of saying it was the smart one to jump back an entire, like from, you know, what was it, spring or early summer of this year till November. Well, now it's kind of vacated that spot too. And it will release on April of 2021. And this is kind of like I said, it was just the start of a massive hemorrhaging because what the, all of these delays we just kind of went through effectively did was clear out the rest of the schedule of, of major blockbuster tentpole movies for the most part, um, which are now just non existent for the rest of this year, which has forced, of course, theater chains to close. So we got announcements from, and I'm still like, you know, forgive me, like I said, I'm still like on the road trying to keep up with everything falling apart.
1: A lot Uh, happened.
0: Cineworld, yeah, is closing. Uh, Regal Cinemas is closing. Matt, UT is the one that's still with us, and that would be...
2: Cinemark. Cinemark
0: is still here.
2: Who has Uh, evidently just been, like, sitting on cash for (laughs) so long and, like, are evidently equipped to last until, like, through 2021 if this continues. And I'm like, good Lord, like... Cinemark making bank, evidently. Yeah,
0: and knowing how to save for a rainy day, good for them. Um, So there you go, Cinemark's still open. But I mean, this is it, like, that's one theater chain, you know? Movie theaters are effectively now
2: drive-ins, like... Well, and that was the big thing also that kind of affected Cinemark, was that Cinemark is one of the few that doesn't have a ton of locations, like, in New York. Like, they're not kind of tied, like some of the other theater chains are, to these huge blocks of their theaters not being able to even remotely be open because the cities won't let them whereas cinemark is kind of not as tied to that doing the second
0: runs and all that with the dollar movies and the three dollar movies
2: yeah it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be something i I mean hey kudos to cinemark for being able to stay open but
0: yeah yeah. has amc said anything i don't think amc from what i've seen amc has not officially said anything yet But um, it's kind of hard to see them operating in, in justifying operating costs with, yeah. with no movies, which is the whole thing here. Theaters need movies to attract people. If there are no movies that people right. are willing to risk their lives for, then there's <laughs> you're paying people just to do nothing all day. And if you uh, ever worked in a theater Our before, bills, yeah, you worked in the theater before. Tap, you know how yeah. much wasteful that actually is when nobody's coming in. Right. Um. So like, yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, this is a big thing. And it's you know, a question of will they be able to reopen? Everybody's pushing these movies back and betting like theaters are going to come back. But it's like, that's not a guarantee. And there's now I'm a lot of fighting that. like that's happening. People are, right. people are turning on Chris Nolan saying that Tenant helped <laughs> kind of kill this whole thing. Um, yeah, people. Are oh, wow. I didn't hear it. that. Oh, yeah. There's articles out about how Tenet actually kind of helped progress the the kind of collapse of theaters by doing oh my a, gosh you know, thing. And well,
2: be- and, you know, it's, it's weird, right? Because of part of it is because of the astronomical cut that the studio took on tenant. Like the cut is something weird. I, I was reading something along the lines of where it's like, I think it was like 64% from what I understand of like the studio was keeping that. So yes, they were releasing their movie, but like the theater chains that were showing it weren't being able to keep a ton of the, the profits from that. So like, yes, you get a new movie, but eh, you're kind of, you're not really making a ton. And also the because end.
0: there's that. And it's also because Warner Brothers was kind of at the heart of the head of charging into big movies are now back in theaters. That was literally a marketing campaign. Mm-hmm. So you had theaters open up and kind of do this thing like it's back to business. And then Tenet just kind of crapped the bed. And then like, like you said, they took a big cut. So all you did was get them to open up and, and get back to like paying and putting out their expenses without
2: making any money. And yeah, now you have so, movies like that Robert De Niro grandpa thing, or like the movies that are coming to keep, to keep theaters open. And you're like, Oh, that's not okay.
0: Exactly. So like, yeah, I mean, this is just a mess and it's just more stuff we got to figure out in 2020. And I mean, it's not a guarantee. I mean, I don't know even like, I don't mean to be doing anything, but I honestly don't know like how the theater, model goes like what happens from here because this is this is gonna be a pretty nuts hole to kind
2: of climb out of. Yeah. No. I don't I don't right. mean to be that either, but I will say I don't see how at the end of this we're not missing at least one major theater. Oh, yeah. Like I I don't I, I feel like we will have movies. There will be some that are fine and weather it and you know it cuts close, but I don't know if everyone sadly makes it makes it out of this and and we have all of these theater chains when we're
0: no, i feel like it's going to become like so like when i was living in new york and doing this like every studio has its own theater like private theater for like screenings and like screening rooms and i feel like it's going to be more like that like everybody streaming and all those companies and studios will kind of streaming will be the main thing. And then for like big event movies, there'll also be like, like the studio will have its own like screening house or whatever, it'll be smaller in scale, uh, more kind of like the size of art house theaters used to be, but it'll be like owned by Amazon and Amazon Hmm. big block, you know, content movies will run on there and before streaming or whatever, and they'll figure it out, but it will be owned by each studio who will be able to offer you know, that premium experience for fans who want to see it on a big screen. But I don't know. I feel like the main thrust of content will then now go to streaming and stuff like that. So we'll see. All right. Our business is going to change.
1: Yeah. Seriously.
0: From that doom and gloom to some uh, good news, somebody who could still get some money out of this whole game, Mr. Ryan Reynolds. So there's apparently these uh, rumors – from uh, Daniel RPG, who we trust as a kind of Marvel insider source that says the debate behind Marvel Studios' doors is kind of signing Ryan Reynolds to this massive deal for the MCU. And it's supposed to be the most money for him, but also I think he'd be like the highest paid MCU actor, and it would basically kind of set his character up as Deadpool to make several appearances well, I don't even know. Is it strictly Deadpool or is it just Ryan Reynolds? It wasn't uh, really clear. Yeah, right? That's not yeah. really clear. I mean, this is I would
1: good. imagine it's Deadpool, though. Yeah, I assume. Well, I
0: mean, Deadpool, but it could be Deadpool Plus because, I mean, there's a lot of stuff you can do with a Ryan Reynolds who doesn't have his face burnt or in a mask.
1: True. Yeah. That, yeah. Which would be very interesting, and I'd love to see it.
0: Yeah, I mean, people have changed over a bunch of times. So, I mean, it's not like... This has happened a couple times, so yeah. I mean, that's pretty cool. So that's a good thing, right? Like Ryan Reynolds gets some money. I mean, he deserves it. I mean, the man works hard. He got Deadpool off the ground, and he is like a one-man PR machine. So
2: you know, I can see
0: that. Like
2: he, he I never cared about gin before,
0: right? (laughs) (laughs) Or mobile
2: plans. Yeah, normally a man comes
0: to me with a mobile plan, and I run to the other side of the street.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And I suddenly watch those ads. Why? Because they're entertaining. Yeah. Not yeah so,
0: I mean, he's a brilliant marketer in like, yeah, like I said, he's a one man PR machine. So he would be doing like, it's not like you're just hiring him just for the acting part. You probably have him doing stuff on Twitter and like, you know, all that yeah. stuff. So.
1: It's really true. interesting to look at the list, which I'm revisiting right now that Thor. So Chris Hemsworth was the highest earner in the MCU. Um, and then, obviously, Robert Downey Jr., then Bradley Cooper, then Scarlett, then Chris Evans. I love how I'm on a first-name basis with Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> and Scar- my girl Scarlett. And Scar uh, Jo. It's just – it's crazy to see. You know, you would always – I don't know. For me, I would have always assumed that Robert Downey Jr. was the highest-paid MCU. And he, That's in the surprising beginning, to me.
0: Well, yeah. In the beginning, he was. Yeah. like. But remember, like he cut out doing Iron Man films, like when, like way back twenty
2: thirteen,
1: right? Yeah,
2: so and it's really and cool he to also see. Also made a ton in the back end. Yeah, of, yes. yeah. So I don't. Is that can is that true. calculated in this or is that just I don't salary? Think so. Yeah, I, think I don't think just... so.
0: I think it's salary as an actor. Like, yeah, yeah, he also had like all kinds of. I helped start the MCU, like back pay money right. coming into him. So he's so got, cool. Like, yeah. Um, and I think Lash- that was part of his renegotiation was for mm-hmm. that. Cause I remember covering that when he had, cause that was a big thing. We thought he wasn't going to be Iron Man for a minute when it came up to renegotiation time. Oh my and gosh. Then, like, yeah. And then he signed a thing that basically said he gets Marvel money for life or something like that. <laughs> like nice. something crazy. So I just yeah, think that's just, really
1: interesting. The Forbes listed six MCU actors amongst the top 100 highest paid actors in all of Hollywood. That's just really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah nerds unite <laughs> that's
0: right we have Man, a role here the nerds aren't getting paid off this like right. yeah, i know people but we have not helping. necessarily ever read a comic book are <laughs> getting paid off this good <laughs> for them we've been entertained um we're gonna jump from there over to uh, a little bit of horror then we'll do witcher um because we'll let matt go and do his thing uh but uh yeah we got an announcement just before we came in here about this resident evil movie reboot which kind of uh revealed it's cast, and uh, what a cast it is, right? Like, it's, uh, it's pretty good. We have uh, Kaya Scoladero, who is uh, from the Maze Runner, and uh, she's going to be – oh, uh, this thing keeps scrolling. Stop scrolling. Uh, she'll be playing Claire, Claire Redfield, our boy, Robbie Amell, who came on yeah. the show and uh, did an interview with us. He'll be playing Chris Redf- Redfield, her brother.
2: Such a good choice.
0: Yeah. I agree, yeah. John Kamen will be playing uh, Jill, Lock- Jill Valentine. Aven Joyga will play Leon, uh, and Tom Hopper from Umbrella Academy will be playing the villain, Albert Wesker, which I love. Yeah. That's that a casting. great casting. Um, yeah. Cause that's Klaus, right? Like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Klaus. So Klaus will be Albert Wesker. He's just such a, he's just enough of an
2: a-hole. To he's good to in that everything. Yeah. That dude, like yeah. every,
0: every single <laughs> and thing. And I also screw. love my favorite Neil McDonald McDonald will play uh William Birkin. Uh, yeah, because Neil McDonnell, if you don't remember, he's uh, he played a uh, Dum Dum Dugan in the MCU, and he was um, Damian oh, Dark. Remember. Damian Dark in the Arrowverse, and if there's anything he does so well, it's just come in and chew scenery up and and. He spin. plays
2: that like snotty, holier than thou <laughs> character so well, and yeah. that oh, he's perfect. the man. At that. And so that's
0: uh, yeah, for William Birkin, that's perfect. So. That casting kind of got people's attention for sure. Like, I mean, I love Mila Jovovich, but this is, this is not quite the same casting. Ugh.
2: No, get that out of here. I'm so happy that, <laughs> that this is like a, I mean, because like the director came out and gave his take on like the origin story and that this is really a, from what he said, it was very much like a, a hearkening back to the f- first Resident Evil and the second Resident Evil. And it's going to be like set in Raccoon City, and he didn't mention like the mansion specifically, or the police station, or any of that stuff. But it seems like with the characters involved, we're gonna get some kind of mishmash of the first two, and it's gonna be like with Birkin in it. It it feels like oh T and G virus stuff. Like we're really gonna get the survival horror thing, and not this weird action, yeah, craze crud that was the uh, the resident <laughs> evil series I love if, it, the original. if i'm not making it clear i don't like those movies cuz I, I like, do them like them, but yeah a guilty pleasure but Me too. guilty pleasure They're i
1: like them own. for their own thing and i think that that's what's cool about this is they can have you know their fans and like the people who love it can honor that and appreciate that and the people who want this other side like matt get that too that's
2: great. <laughs> it's, it's, nice. it's, it's great it's nice yeah well, it's really okay. good to see this it's great because for the last however many years there's like 7 of those movies too many. And, yeah and there was nothing else really other than the games right. so now it's like this combined with the netflix animated cg series that is also going to be like a reinterpretation of the mythos and it's going to be leon and claire um that is also really interesting so like there's a lot of really cool stuff that actually feels like resident evil even if they go doing new stuff with it as opposed to just like oh you either have the games or you have this <laughs> Alice whatever this is so yeah, yeah no, I, I'm nice I mean
0: I hope that they just basically combine the stories of the first two in, in the two different locations in inside the mansion and like what's happening there and simultaneously like what's happening in the city and kind of like converge the two like that'd be that'd be kind of cool um, yeah, I think
2: that makes a great movie yeah
0: alright but that's pretty cool that's now on our radar because like I said that cast sounds good but I mean you're downplaying it but it also sounds like this will have some pretty good action I mean Robbie Amell
2: Caius uh, Scaladero. I mean, these are oh, people yeah. who are like, it, yeah. Action is about, like, it's going to have some action scenes, of course, but like the comparison is like night and day. Yes, yeah, so we won't have slow-mo sequences. running
0: up walls. and Yeah,
2: dunkles. less <laughs> Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah
0: well, just... you know, the world was really feeling the Matrix back then. Like yeah.
1: I loved, we that's why I in, liked it, honestly. We were all in
0: wire foo for the next 10 years. Yes, it, it was just... true. <laughs> really was. I <laughs> do sure. hope we get back the laser grid, though. Like, I do hope Ooh, we get that back again.
1: I agree. Again, <laughs> yeah,
0: the laser grid is is costly. so so good. All right, so that's the re- I muted. That's the Resident Evil yeah. reboot. Let's move right along. Matt, tell us everything you're excited to talk about with The Witcher. Get it out of your system.
2: Hey. Uh, so yeah, so Henry Cavill gave us a look at uh, Geralt's new armor. Uh, from season two, and uh, uh, Lucinda Wright is the new costume designer uh, for season two. I i liked Geralt's season one armor. I Actually, thought it looked it looked pretty cool. This is like far more. This is far more like armory, so to speak, <laughs> and uh, it's got like like the ab shield thing built right. in. It's got that like that was a little. It's, it's more centurion. It's it's more okay like traditional armor i was thinking and superhero
1: it looks yeah a it, too superhero. it's very
2: much like that i mean i don't i kind of reserve my thing to actually i see it in action because we got a lot of this from the first season you guys are
1: like, teaching me to do that
2: well because we'll be we got patient. a lot of, i remember when the first images of Geralt came out from season one and the armor and like the hair and everyone shirtless was like, in the, in brr, the tub and well, then, that's what we said great. the same thing, too. We said it yeah. looked too pretty. It looked too. <laughs> and clean. then when it was in action, it looked damn good. So, yeah. I mean, I'm very much like, I want to see it in action. I don't love it. I like the last one, but I'm, I'm willing to kind of hold judgment out. But yeah, right. so we got that. Uh, we also got the next day, we got to look at Siri's uh, new costume, which is like a big change up from her kind of more royal uh uh, outfit from the first season and just like downtrodden person. Now she's training and that kind of tied in with the synopsis for season two, which also came out, uh, which is, you know, for those who follow the books, they know kind of the next part of this story is that Geralt takes Siri to Kaer Morhen and trains her. She's going to be, you know, there aren't any female witchers uh, in this world. So he's going to kind of train her to be a witcher. And so you see like the outfit is very much more in keeping with like Geralt's clothes from season one, there's the training sword. Uh, there was actually a, a set photo that showed a uh, scene being filmed where like this tree had been uh, charred and split in two. And we're thinking that's with series powers, uh, which we kind of saw a tease of that in season one, which aren't in the books at all. That's completely new. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm actually interested to see what that builds. Um, and then we got uh, we recently got some uh, kind of extra details on like where this picks up. Uh, Geralt thinks Yennefer is, is dead because the, bottle, uh, the battle of Sodden that we saw in season one, kind of, he doesn't know where she is. And so we're kind of, her whereabouts are kind of mysterious. So uh, he takes her straight to Kaer Morhen, which is like the fortress uh, for the White Wolf School. So a lot of cool stuff going on. Uh, we're probably going to get, as you hear this, you'll probably have already seen Yennefer's new costume because it seems like they're going to be releasing something every day. Until like a full trailer, uh, we still don't actually have like a release date for season two yet, like a straight up confirmed one. Um, but it
1: will be interesting to see kind of what happens next. So, do we have it, are, any kind of idea? Season. Like, I know we don't have the actual date, but
2: kind of no a season? because
1: <laughs> so it's going
2: to definitely be if it's if it's anything, I would say mid to late twenty twenty one. Because your, your
1: guess, I like that's it. my
2: guess because okay. there's the anime uh that is focused on uh vesemir and that one is was kind of slated to come out in between and that was but that was kind of before covid so the the idea was oh 2021 or sorry 2020 would be the anime prequel and then 2020 22 or sorry 2020 would be god this is so confusing 2020, yeah, 2020 would be the best spinoff and then 2021, 2021 would be season two of the witcher yeah um of course now there's like blood origin that we have no idea where that fits in
1: yeah there's also
2: another uh we got news a report that said there is a possible mage spinoff series so in development cool. so this is like huge witcher stuff going on but i'm hoping i only
1: know this from the games So now I'm even more motivated. I'm probably going to go ahead and read the books. books. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's time. I'm about done with my Harry Potter and I don't know where to go. I was going to go Dune, but I feel like I should go Witcher. No Witcher. Okay.
2: (laughs) I'm so happy right now. Yay! (laughs) So yeah, that's uh, what's going on in the Witcherverse. You got that out of your system? You good? I did. I did. (laughs) I really did. All
0: right. There you go. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, we are going to deep dive into the return of The Walking Dead – Plus, what is going on in the world of comics. So, check all of that out.
2: Okay. So,
0: we're back. And like I said, we got to talk about the return of uh, Janelle's major main beat, The Walking Dead. So... When we last saw, we were before COVID, wiped everything out. Back in the spring, Walking Dead was getting ready to air its big finale for season 10. That got completely kind of thrown off. And now what we've found out since then is that this season 10 has been extended by about six episodes, I believe. Yes. Uh, So we're going to have a longer season 10 and a new chapter of the story, which obviously we're going to get into full spoilers in a minute. But if you saw how the Whisper War finale ended, you you can see clearly... (laughs) what the next chapter is going to look like. Plus, we're going to get one more season before the show ends and breaks out into a bunch of other kind of spinoffs and new projects and things like that. So kind of a pivotal time and a pivotal, pivotal return point for The Walking Dead. Plus, we got The Walking Dead's new limited series, The Walking Dead World Beyond. So we're going to talk about all of that in full spoilers right now. All right, Janelle Wheeler, this is your time to shine.
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, it's
0: that time. So why don't you guys get, why don't you give us the breakdown of uh, your, what happened and your impressions and your kind of take, because we got two things. And AMC was kind of sneaky because I tried to watch this on all demand. And they just packaged both shows it as one. It did. Yes.
1: I messed up too. And I tried was like, to. What? That's,
0: that's why why they did it. Like, Yeah, that's why they <laughs> did it. And then Walking Dead was ending. And I was like, whoa, it was only halfway done. I was waiting for like a movie length Walking Dead me here. Me like, What's going on? And then it was like, The Walking Dead, World Beyond. I was like, man. Uh, but they I'm had glad you say that. I was like, that. get up. I was too tired to get up.
1: Yeah. But so did you end up watching both? Yeah, yeah, I watched okay. both. Okay, good. Then you can talk with me on this. Uh, Matt, did you watch these? I did not, but not I am yet? very
2: intrigued. Okay. Uh, world Beyond, so I'm so interested
1: here. So I am not going to lie. Just my thoughts, like, right off the bat was Whisperer War finale was a little lacking. Um, and I think it has a lot to do with what Kofi just said. I think that it was a very short episode for f- such a huge build up, And I wish they would have put more struggle, I guess, in this. It felt like everything just kind of worked out for our group. Like, <laughs> the episode starts, they're surrounded by walkers in a very terrible circumstance that you don't think anything can happen. Um, You know, Father Gabriel kind of teases us with, you know, we have all these, here's my hand and each finger represents a different camp or basically a different group of people that are going to help us get through this. And so I'm waiting for these like huge group reveals, you know, for the whole episode. I'm waiting for this moment that it all kind of wraps up together. And instead it's just kind of like, oh, like, Maggie jumps in with one other person to save the day, which is very odd. Or like our own group saved themselves by going out into the horde. Um, the, I don't know. I just, it didn't feel like a big enough payoff for me, um, but I know that they were limited with what they could do because of everything that shut down. And, you know, I, I get it. And they wrapped it up and they finished the storyline. Um, Beta had a very nice moment in his demise. I really loved, or I guess the new Alpha. Um, he, uh, first and foremost, awesome, because Norman us like, we got the double eye plunge of daggers in his head. And Um, It was just a really cool moment because Beta kind of dies in this very poetic way where he's almost like getting crowd surfed by walkers, um, which is really cool because it kind of aligns with the idea that he was a famous musician and he would be crowd surfing, you know, fans at a concert or something that's what I kind of aligned it with I was like oh gosh he has like his adoring fans which are the walkers just kind of like come they're falling all over him and in his own mind he like as he was dying he kind of thought of it as that way like they were praising him and loving on him and hugging him and stuff instead of just like ripping him apart uh which is kind of cool and then my favorite moment of the entire series is when Negan recognizes him and he goes to Daryl, and he goes, "Do you know who that? Was? Do you know who that was?" After he dies, <laughs> and uh, Daryl's like, "Yeah, he's nobody," because you know, not, nothing matters from the life before. It doesn't matter who you were before. It doesn't matter how famous you were. Like we all go down the same way in this world. So uh, that was really rewarding. I liked that. Uh, and we had the, you know, reuniting of Maggie with our group, which was very bittersweet. You know, we didn't get a Michonne. Um, and we also didn't see a reaction of Maggie to Negan, which I was shocked. Like what they're standing in the same vicinity and yet they don't even acknowledge that they're in yeah. the same room or not in the same room. They're in the same forest. <laughs> But it's those were the things that I was kind of like, oh my gosh, so much potential. We didn't get it. Um, I'm hoping that with you know the next episodes that come forward, that we do get those you know trials and tribulations. Maggie does have like a sidekick who is crazy, like a superhero, a masked somebody who is just taking daggers and like fast like a ninja taking out walkers which is super cool um so that's something to look forward to to see who that is the big reveal and then of course the other big moment was uh eugene and his camp of people who are out trying to find this woman he's been in contact with uh get surrounded by basically stormtroopers in the middle of nowhere and they are done drop your weapons like we're gonna shoot if you don't. And that's just like the cliffhanger we're left with. If you haven't read the comics, uh, you're like, oh my gosh, these are these are stormtroopers. Like, what is this? They're like all white plastic, you have no idea. Um, so I don't wanna spoil it because oh, that wait, is something... are those from,
2: oh, I won't either,
1: okay. Right, so if you don't know, if you don't know, <laughs> Never mind. You, don't know Never mind. you have some cool stuff coming forward, which I will save for the listeners in case they don't know. Because I, I have found that, like I myself got into The Walking Dead TV show before I ever read the comics. I only read the comics because of the TV show. So I try to read along with the development of the TV show kind of so that I don't spoil it for myself, but sometimes I do. And I totally spoiled that for myself, (laughs) but it's really cool. Um, It's great to see our familiar people on screen. We almost had the death of Carol, but luckily she dodged that. um, Thanks to Lydia uh and of course like they always do they got out of it alive we only lost a few people um and i think moving forward that i was very judgmental of all of these trailers for world beyond very judge i was not excited about it i was like this is a coming of age like stupid 80s flick like i don't like this and then i watched it i gave it a chance and i i actually really enjoyed it i think it was very well done and I'm intrigued. I'm interested in these characters. I um, the end of the episode drops a massive, like, life changing thing upon the viewers. Uh, so it it isn't just some like bratty kids wanting to go out and prove themselves in the world of the walkers. It's people are escaping something very very bad without knowing it something there's like a massacre and they dodged a bullet by wanting to go save someone they care about i don't want to i don't know if i want to spoil it too much do you guys want what do you think kofi oh oh, oh.
2: you have me intrigued i would totally listen to a spoiler yeah, it's,
1: it's a, a little more spoiler, serious. Well, it's
0: a full spoilers discussion.
1: It's okay. <laughs> so basically, there's a, young, you do- there's a young lady, um, and she has a sister, and her mother um, was killed during a weird traumatic event that we still don't really know what it's all about. We think it's like a plane crash. We don't really know into their community that was established. It's been 10 years since then, and um, their father is their number one scientist in their community. He... Decided to go venture out to another, um, civilization that is, I think out by New York. I think that's right. Somewhere. We don't know where they uh, won't Portland. let people oh, yeah, Portland. Okay. Thank
0: Oklahoma
1: you. Thank you. So they won't let them communicate. They won't let him send anything back. They won't let anyone send anything to him. And that's how everyone is in the community. It's a very weird community. It, they have helicopters They they have this like well-oiled machine, um, they are a serious civilization. They have a type of president figure. It's a woman, um, who the daughter doesn't, actually both of the daughters don't really trust. And, uh, you just kind of, they build upon that. Like, who are these people? Why are they in this, you know, kind of smaller community? Um, and how do they handle walkers now? Like one of the doctors, one of the psychiatrists uh, that is obviously on her last leg, she's dying, she's on oxygen and stuff. They have bars over her door. So if she dies, like they already know, they, they have a, a system, right? Yeah. We know someone's on their deathbed. We're going to bar their doors and, you know, they can have visitors and stuff like that. But now we, you know, they, they know how to do things, which is good. Um, and yeah, it, it's just, it's interesting that part And you just kind of think like, why am I getting all this information about all these random things? And then luckily at the very end, it all kind of comes together when the daughters receive a kind of like Morse code help emergency situation from their father in the other community And um, the girls kind of take it upon themselves to leave. They want to escape, or not even escape, but they're going to leave the community to go find their dad because they know he's in danger. And they always had a bad feeling anyways. So uh, we see them kind of gearing up and taking on their first walkers out beyond the walls. And meanwhile, back in the community, um, that president woman of the other civilization pretty much massacred the entire place and it's left on a cliffhanger and you're like, well, thank God those girls left, but they have no idea what's coming after them and they have no idea what's going on in this other civilization. But clearly something is weird
0: (laughs) and bad. Uh, I mean, I was kind of the opposite of Janelle. I actually really liked the finale and I didn't really like Walking Dead World Beyond. I thought it was interesting but boring up until Me too. Last (laughs) ten minutes in which Uh. like they actually drop a lot of interesting things like there's a connection between like one of the sisters and this kid they hook up to travel with, who is this like seemingly nerdy kid at first, but can be who already seems like he can be a lot crazier once the things get like going that they're now traveling with. Um, Yeah. There's this big connection and just the backstory of the girls is interesting and kind of the things they went through with their dad and their mom and, when it, when the sky fell as they called it like which was you know the collapse of civilization and then the big twist at the end with the which i had to watch twice because i i didn't know the community well enough to understand what was happening the first time same I had to rewind it but yeah um, i mean you
1: could have missed it you could have yeah. literally gone yeah. to grab a snack or something and then been like, no. it,
0: it's not like any kind of real screaming clues that this is the same place but you basically find out that yeah so they're the kind of colonel or the leader the military leader from the other community is she has these weird interactions with the girls between the episodes because she kind of respects them even though the one sister like flips her off and like hates her and all that stuff um but yeah you find out that she's a lot more dangerous than you think because she smiles in everybody's face and says all this stuff about a truce but then she literally comes back and you can see that she blew down the walls and slaughtered everybody there and just kind of yeah so this other community is really more of a fascist community um, that we're finding out, yeah, and it could have ties to what we saw in The Walking Dead and all this stuff, so yeah it was it was interesting at the end now that there's real stakes attached I didn't care for like the teenage angst personal story of trauma and stuff like that. Um, I was okay with that, but See, yeah, that sounds no.
2: awesome i will I will probably watch that, yeah. at least so, I yeah, will give yeah. the opening episode. A question, where does this exist, timeline-wise, with Ten the years. other shows? 10 years Ten years
0: after the Collapse
2: Society, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: So, yeah. Gotcha. Um, so, I would say a few years down the road from like, the events of the Walking Dead series. Um, I actually thought, just to kind of touch back and close it up, but uh, I thought the finale was good because even though it was short, I had to remember that this was an episode that was supposed to come like, in a sequence of episodes that had been really good, and this was just supposed to be, like, the last one. It became something much bigger in the months since we had it. Yeah, that's
1: a lot of pressure.
0: It got built up into something much bigger. But it, it, as a, I always usually like the Walking Dead penultimate episodes of a finale better than the actual finales. Uh, Mm. So the second to last episode is usually, like, when the most exciting stuff happens. But I actually really like this finale. I, I thought it was really well directed and made. and
1: It was very well directed. And
0: correct. even though I'd seen a lot of Walking Dead and a lot of zombie stuff, they the way they just presented the things here was really like edge of your seat pretty much the entire time. From from the moment they let them, they kind of slathered themselves up with guts and let all those walkers into that pen, into the room with them and had to kind of filter out through the horde. I love that sequence because I love that sequence in the comics and – uh, this one made it so much better than it was in the comics. Like, this was so good. Like, them, just the sheer amount of terror of watching all those people try to the chess game of trying to get through the horde, uh, you know, having the, the archers take out and wound the whispers and watching them get torn apart, then beta tightening things. And, and that whole nine yards um, was really good. And I really did like them seeing them slip back into the crowd and kind of turn the tables and just start slaughtering the whispers and negan and and daryl combining to take down beta was was awesome and you know that was that was pretty good so i actually i actually really good i didn't like the cheesy carol cliff ending i thought that was a little cheesy i agree and i was like there's Ooh. no way carol's going over the cliff like stop it like well, well, also, we, we,
1: knew. we know
2: that they have a spinoff, a spin-off for yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so like i also don't understand how carol is like that yeah mentally, crazy like, about her about um lydia I, I they're acting like they are just like they just love each other i'm like wait, do you, are you really that close like I, well, I'm not, is... I
0: didn't have a problem with that as as opposed to like i didn't believe Car- carol's character arc that she still wants to jump off a cliff yeah like that's how far gone she is still like you got revenge for henry or whatever his name was that you know cheap knock off carl you got your <laughs> revenge for him
1: <laughs> yeah
0: and like it's all good like you're not jumping off cliffs anymore like uh, okay like so but otherwise, I thought it was a really well directed episode, and like, real, like I said, really well to get, like, well done battle. And that was by far, I think, since the Frank Darabont season two premiere, that was the scariest kind of presentation of what a horde is, and like, just how messed up it is. To, to yeah, face adding like the a whispers to it. Um, yeah. Not even that; just the sheer number of zombies, and just seeing what. Like, they did a great job of seeing what happened the instant somebody made any kind of sound in the crowd. Like a dozen zombies just ripped you apart. Like in seconds you were just ripped to shreds and like a stain and it was just like, holy crap, that is scary. Um, so yeah, I actually, I actually enjoyed the finale, the finale of the whisper war. And I enjoyed this arc. It's one of my, I mean, it, it may be one of, if not my favorite arcs in the walking dead, because especially I, I like it with Rick Grimes gone and how the other ensemble really took on that challenge and the unexpectedness of who head of whose heads ended up on the pikes and that whole twist with alpha to the twist of alpha's death and, and this final showdown with beta and all that and there's just a lot of really great episodes in this arc from the alpha meeting beta episode to daryl fighting beta and all that stuff like you know all just a lot of good moments and so man i'm i can see why the walking dead really might end after in another season because i don't know if it's ever going to get better than this so yeah of all the wars we've had in this show mm-hmm. governor sa- uh, saviors this was the best so um really really glad how this
1: mm, i'm still team governor i love the governor yeah, i
0: did love the governor yeah oh uh, alphas by far my alpha and beta were by far my best feelings because like those two alpha actors in the comics samantha morton i mean she was so oh she was really good in this
1: she was great though you're right and i'm so bummed that harlots got canceled because i i love her in that too all right, you guys haven't watched that. <laughs> no, I know. I, I don't even know. It's what about brothels and Sorry. It's fine.
0: <laughs> Yay! You keep your CD life out of this podcast. All right. Oh so, my gosh! You can find that at Janelle Wheeler Twitch OnlyFans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, for more on that. Um, but uh, no, we're going to get into comics. So uh, moving right along, let's get into comics. Matt, why don't you run down what's new for us this week and then yep. we're going to discuss some things in detail.
2: Yeah. So, of course, the big one this week is Batman number 100, which we will get into. Uh, the end of the Joker War and the setup for a bunch of other things to come. We also have Amazing Spider Man number 49, Wolverine. Oh, so here's how X uh, <laughs> of Swords uh, is, of course, in each of the X-Men books. So I'm gonna go through which chapters, uh, cause there's like three this week that you need to kind of keep track of. So uh, the first one is Wolverine number six, that is chapter three. Then we have X-Force number 13, that is chapter four. And then we have Marauders number 13, which is chapter five. So all of those, and you need to read them in order if you want to go ahead and get the full story. Uh, we also have Amazing Spider-Man number 49, uh, Thor number eight. Uh, we have Die number 14. Deceased Dead Planet, number four. This is a big week, by the way. Star Wars, number seven. Deadpool, number seven. Decorum, number five. Far Sector, number eight. We Only Find Them When They're Dead, number two. Black Widow, number two. Champions, number one. American Vampire, 1976, number one. Glad to see that series back. Spider-Man, Marvel Snapshots, number one. Ultraman, The Rise of Ultraman, number two. Bang, number four. Inkblot, number two. Transformers Back to the Future, number one. So that is a packed week of comics. And there's actually like another giant chunk that I did not name. Those are just kind of some of the highlights, but it is a huge week uh, in comics this week. So that's new comics.
0: Comics coming back for that money. All right. So let's talk. We've been meaning to talk. Matt decided to take an impromptu day off and we had a lot to do last week. And so we were without comics in our discussion. Uh, Yeah, there was a lot going on, but uh, you left the people hanging last week. So (laughs) Let's talk about a couple things. Um, so, we're going to talk a little bit about Exoswords. Have we talked about Exoswords? We have not. Uh, we
2: didn't talk about, uh, oh God, Creation? creation? Yeah. Man, it's
0: been a while. Okay, so we're going to do that. We're talking about Three Jokers too, but uh, let's start with Batman 100. So, Batman 100 was the end of the big Joker War arc, and um, we're going to talk full spoilers for these comics that we're reviewing. So, they've been out. I mean, Batman 100, by the time you have heard this, it's, it's already out, so we're good. Um, and these other two are even older, so. All right. So uh, now that we've read Joker War and we gotten to the end of it, I, I'm pretty ready to stack this up next to Empire as the second worst big project oh, man. I've read in, in, I mean, at least this year, in the last year. Um, and, and unfortunately, I think, I think we were right ultimately about this arc following Tom King's excellent City of Bane which actually did, and I'll say this is why. I mean, I gave Joker War a chance right up till the end, but when I got to the end, I feel like this is by far, for a story that claimed to be like the final Batman versus Joker story, like this one didn't even really reach a good point. It's such a muddled ending, like thematically, and even narratively, just the the ending is so crazy, just muddled and weird and and doesn't feel like a really well-fleshed out idea. Um, basically, if you weren't paying attention, Joker basically got a hold of Batman, of Bruce Wayne's fortune. He knows his identity. He got hold of his fortune. Um, he used that to basically secure police and political power in Gotham. And he was basically the biggest power influencer in Gotham. Uh, and he did use it to cause chaos, violence, and death and, and kind of keep Batman without his tools. And Batman basically had to find a way to kind of just get back on his game because he also drugged him with a Joker toxin that made him see visions of dead Alfred. There was all this stuff. Batman had to get back on his game, apologize to the Bat family for the umpteenth time, and and stage a major kind of coordinated comeback. And Joker's big finale plan was to pile people into Gotham movie theaters to tell them who Batman was, you know, that he was Bruce Wayne, and then kill them uh, and mimic kind of like the Wayne murders uh, and and really kind of drive that home. This finale... So the finale chapter, and in his final showdown, he put on this shoot of shiny Batman armor that was supposed to be Batman's reward for building a brighter, better Gotham and becoming a better Batman one day. And he and Joker battled it out. So this last final issue is really kind of dialogue heavy. It's Joker kind of telling us more about his plan than actually showing us and trying to tell us what Joker wore. It's literally a comic finale of, the writer telling you what his story has been about and like what, why it's so deep and profound and this big change for Batman. It's like, and the Joker's just literally saying all of this out loud, like Joker's Batman therapist in this one for, for some reason. Um, And it's a really weird thing. And like, it just feels so bland. It feels like nothing really changes or moves these characters in this story. Like Batman doesn't flip out worse than ever and nearly beat Joker to death or anything. Like Joker doesn't like, do anything crazier than we've seen him do before. And it all comes down to Harley trying to pull the knockoff Frank Castle move from Daredevil, uh guardian angel by strapping a bomb to herself and Joker and saying, Batman, you have to save only one of us and you have to make this decision like right now, which is stupid and felt stupid for Harley's character. Like, I don't know, Harley Quinn blowing herself up just to get Batman to prove a point was just ridiculous to me and in the end joker escapes the the supposed unescapable choice by doing exactly what batman knew he would do and said out loud he was going to do before he did it and so joker's like gone nothing solved like but he claims he they try to pull this captain america civil war like zemo victory like i lost but i've really won because now gotham will never be this good place <laughs> and it's like in the story really resonates like that hard is that big of a change or, or, or that big of an impact. So I don't know. This just felt like really muddled and, and lost. And I actually liked his dark design much better than this.
2: Which was crazy because coming into that, <laughs> we were all kind of like, huh, I don't know what to think about this. And that, that turned out to be really, really interesting. I, I'm not as low on it as you are. I, I Empire one was trash. So <laughs> that's a very low bar, like, like AVX is still down there. Like there's a couple other ones down the rung. I, I actually really enjoyed this issue until we got to like that final third, I guess, where it really is like tying in just, you know, telling it's a lot of exposition and telling you why the story matters why Joker is doing this. And because I agree wholeheartedly, like once we get to the very end, Gotham has, yes, there are some things in Gotham that will change as like for the city, how they look at Batman, how they look at, they like, there are some things, but they're very subtle. Like they're not, this is not earth shattering stuff. And also, I mean, the city has been through like how many of these (laughs) things, like it's not, so earth shattering so i do agree like we it feels we've come full circle by the end but we haven't really gotten anywhere i mean joker is alive as that is uh said in the epilogue so i mean he's not dead he's still doing the same stuff he then teases at the end my biggest thing was that at the in the epilogue he teases another big event (laughs) so i'm like why did we do this one i thought this one was the final big thing, and then it's like, no, I have a final plan. It's like, oh my god, like pick a lane. <laughs> like we're gonna, Even we're gonna the deliver. introduction
0: of the new character Ghostmaker is just like I'm for this muddled there. reason, he's oh, like, well, god. some muddled thing just happened in Gotham, but now it's a sure sign that I gotta come. It's now, like, here's the thing mm-hmm. on that.
2: I will say that I hate one, I hate the name. The design is cool. I hate the name, yeah. but I will say that that setup was a lot like the designer setup which we balked at. And then he did some really cool stuff about like how the, how the characters past weaves in with Gotham and Batman. So like there was some really cool stuff. there. I will, I will push that one off. I want to see. I want to see what that one is because I'm not going to balk this time. I'm going to learn from my mistake and go, well, maybe that's really cool. I, I will just say that like the end, I did like that Joker explains that, look, the, the theaters and all that stuff was just a goju. Like, I kind of like that that wasn't the big part of the plan. The real part of the plan was just, like, this push and pull of, like, proving that Gotham doesn't want Batman. I I like the Harley moment of shooting him through the eye, of, like, wanting to for real kill him because that is what should be done. But then again, I don't like the thing that you were talking about with the bomb thing. I don't like any of that. Like, I was like, okay, didn't (laughs) didn't really need that. I think it went off the rails. I actually thought the – did you read the epilogue to the – clown hunter thing i thought that was actually pretty good
0: yeah I and... that was the best thing from clown hunter and i was like and it's just awkward that it's like at the very end yes! of the story where was that why introduce yeah. this character if you didn't it was so interesting once you got to see who this kid was and like why he was a psycho and like where he was coming from and like yeah, yeah an and his
2: stuff about why didn't you like i've waited for you to save the day you didn't you didn't kill my parents you could have just solved that. like all that was really interesting so i was like where was this throughout the entire event why is this at the very Instead end of just splash pages of clown hunter standing around yeah it was okay. that so yeah i i agree this event was uneven this event did not deliver the like and it's just a waste of a title like if you're gonna create something called joker war like it should yeah. be really really well done and epic and this just didn't feel like it it's the, It didn't we we didn't really get very far from no. where we started the exactly. nightwing stuff was dope <laughs> yeah. that stuff was cool no the, the book is gorgeous by the way I thought the book was good. Yeah, gorgeous. no, it looked Heart great. Rising. Yeah,
0: it yeah. looked great. Um, but compared, again, to City of Bane, which, which actually made yeah. significant advancements in, like, Batman and understanding and who he is and dealt with big psychological things with his dad, with Alfred and, like, yeah. all that stuff. Bane, who kind of crippled him before. Like, it was great. Um, but all right, I'm not going to harp on it. That's him why him we're excited for to... Batman
2: Catwoman because yeah. that's king. So. Yeah, so, and
0: this, uh, this wasn't Empire, like you said. Now it's time to something more positive which is x of swords which i'm not gonna get too crazy deep because uh janelle also read this reading three jokers so i would like to get to that a little bit of time oh let's the next do that. one
1: two is in my mailbox right now i know killing me
0: small i don't care though All spoil right.
1: the heck out of it i'll still enjoy it but uh
0: x of swords um this is the kind of first big x-men event since house of x which we spent a lot of time on in season one of the podcast really getting into that and dissecting that uh X of Swords, I'm proud to say, is the one crossover this year that seems to be, and the one we hated on the most in the beginning, that surprisingly enough seems to be living up to, to standard the best. Um, it's a surprisingly good... If you skip Dawn of X just to know like a couple things happen in each book, that's fine. But this is a good kind of... The event and the scope and the feeling of importance that House of X had for the X-Men, this has recreated that. And it's done so on a more impressive level, in my opinion, because it's taken some of the weaker elements of the Dawn of X books that we were talking about, like all that stuff with Excalibur and Otherworld and the mystical stuff that felt kind of out of place with the X-Men. And it's made that feel all right at home. And it's only like Hickman, I think, who can really just pull all these strands together in a way that makes it feel like logical and organic and epic in scope at the same time. So if you don't know what X of Swords is about, um, part of the X-Men's new line they have their new nation, their island of Krakoa and in Excalibur's kind of first year Dawn of X run we began to learn more and House of X alluded to this but didn't go too deeply into it that Krakoa had this the living island was much older than we thought had this kind of ancient past that involved apocalypse where Krakoa was once a much bigger land called Araka and one day some demonic entities kind of used a sword to invade this plane by cutting Krakoa or cutting Araka in half and creating two living islands, Arako and Krakoa. And there was a big major war fault in ancient times with what we now know are like some X Men BC that Apocalypse formed with his horsemen. And so Apocalypse and his forces had to beat back these demonic hordes and seal the gate. And basically, What Swords of Excreation is about is this first issue is long, but it's very epic in scope. And what it does is lays out that Araco was sealed. Otherworld is a world of two halves. There's a light half and a dark half. And Araco was basically sealed into the dark half, Ameth. And Apocalypse's horsemen have had to fight there for thousands of years. And now they want to get out of this hellscape and come back to the good half of their living island, which is Krakoa. They want to rejoin and retake Krakoa. And so they've been marching across Otherworld from the dark half, and now they've reached the midpoint, which is the Starlight Citadel, which guards the line between the light and the dark half and has a portal to Krakoa. And they wanted to go and invade Krakoa and take back that land in, in the mortal plane and not in this hellscape anymore. Uh, but the kind of goddess of the omniverse, Saturn, or whatever her name is, Saturn, um, she decrees that, no, they're not gonna just fight and do this bloody thing, cause she's all powerful. She's God, she reminds everybody. Uh, so they're going to have a tournament, kind of Enter the Dragon style, with swords. And each team, each side, Krakoa and the evil hordes of Irako, get to pick ten champions. And they're going to be ten sword battles. And that's what the first thing sets up. And I'm making that a lot simpler than it is. Jeez, man,
2: it's so dense.
0: Yeah, it's like sixty pages, <laughs> nearly like seventy.
1: Overwhelm.
0: But that's. Yeah. But this is a thing, and I and I think that's I said really I loved about it is that. It, it, it basically is, I think we did talk about this, because I remember talking a little bit with you and Jim about this. But what's good is it, it's very dense, but it, it makes the premise very simple. Each side needs 10 champions, and they've got to win these sort of fights. Otherwise, it's due. Yeah. And so we've also seen the second chapter, which is in X Factor, um, which again is also, and I was kind of worried about when you got out of the main book, like are the main sort of x books like x of swords what would it be like but it, it, it's doing really good so far like x factor so what they're doing is they're going old school 90s x-men crossovers which is each book is important and matters and each chapter is in each book so these are not tie-ins these are actual chapters but each chapter in a specific book highlights that book and its characters so like x factor has a lot of the x factor team in it and kind of what they're doing and specifically like Polaris who gets given the prophecy of the 10 swords and trying to figure that out and like all this stuff and just basically trying to deal with what happened over in other world because an X-Men has been killed. Um, there's major upsets to the resurrection protocols that happen because if you die in other world in this mystical realm, other world isn't just a mystical realm. It's the nexus of the omniverse. So the person they bring back, you, once you die over there, like your soul that they draw back from there isn't necessarily the same soul from your reality. It's, it's your soul from any number of realities or they're still figuring that all out. So one character gets killed and they bring him back, but it's not him anymore, which is already setting the stage for to be able to reboot certain X-Men characters. Yeah, like that's so to, cool. Because <laughs> they're pretty major players going into these sword fights. You got like Wolverine, Storm, Magneto, Professor Xavier uh doug and warlock like yeah gorgon you know know, betsy Braddock, betsy Braddock, um yeah there's there's major players going into this and if they die when they get resurrected it won't be necessarily the same magneto or professor xavier that we had before so somebody's getting reinvented i don't know who i love that that's super cool so yeah like i said hickman is good at kind of adding scope and and scale and it's not just him i forget the second writer but um, yeah, this is really cool stuff because this is, feels, again, like House of X, it feels like a big shift. And it's impressive to me that they're doing all this mystical stuff and making it fit with the X-Men and feel organic. And they've yeah. also somehow expanded the entire world and mythos of the X-Men even more. So now, like, again, now Marvel already has the foundation to launch like X-Men BC with Apocalypse mm-hmm. and this team of super mutants, ancient mutants that he, he drops in just a one random line of dialogue. To, to Xavier, you know, the person, he's like, yeah. They're like, what, did it, what happened last time? He's like, well, you know, I had to sacrifice all my children, his four horsemen, and like scores of godlike mutants whose names you've never known. And it's like, wait, what now? <laughs> like, yeah. And so, yeah, so they've kind of reinvented, and they're just quickly expanding this out. And like I said, it's blessedly simple and exciting, this crossover. We have to watch these people go into the Marvel universe and find and collect these different swords. And our own Jamie Lovett has done some excellent breakdowns on what the swords of Ten of Swords actually are and what they mean to different Marvel comics and storylines. So check that out on comicbook.com. But yeah, they got to go hunt down ten swords. And then we get to see ten sword fights. Yeah. And main events, like big battles. Like, yeah. And somebody's dying at the end of each one of these. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be pretty exciting. And, you know, there's going to be, of course, this is a, this is a game of, you know, cosmic proportions. So there's going to be double crosses, things happening behind the scenes, you know, all that stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, I am here for the next month until like well into 20, you know, into
2: 2021, X of has me here. So I'm excited. Well, that's super cool that like, I didn't really at the time when it was announced, was like, oh, it's going to be like a, a, a traditional X-Men event and it's gonna be in the individual books. I didn't really think for whatever reason, like, oh, you're gonna get multiple chapters in a week. But of course you're gonna get multiple chapters in a week because these books release. So like, we're already at chapter five now like this week we're already at chapter five so like it's moving quickly too now we know why it's nice two
0: chapters yeah
2: yeah because now it does when that was announced i was like oh good lord like that's a bit much but here it doesn't feel like that because you're getting multiple books in a week so that that's nice so hopefully it also makes me think
0: each team also has a secret fighter for the 11th because 11th and if both sides have 11 that's 22 chapters see hickman likes to play those games but uh, yeah x of swords x-men if you haven't been checking that out since house of x you you should jump in for this one it's really exciting and good very good yeah so check that out so uh let's talk three jokers too uh or do we want to wait Janelle, you want to wait Janelle, no, if Janelle I mean, has the two no books do you i have do them?
1: i i literally i've already read the first one and I actually really loved it personally. I thought it was great, but I don't think I am very critical for some reason. Why do I love everything? I don't know.
0: I <laughs> uh, heard to be critical. I think I mean you are friends one, with Brandon Davis.
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> the second one was sent into my P.O. box literally this morning. So um I guess i oh, will pick it up it. and read it later. Let's
2: wait for her to fully read that and then
1: I, I mean, by then time- I'm going to be behind. I'm going to need the third one.
2: <laughs> Richard says we reach our
0: time limit anyway, so we can. Okay, uh, okay. okay. Right. I'm
1: excited though, but please, if anybody is reading along, hit us up because I love discussing, and I'm new to this whole series. And honestly, I've only read the Walking Dead comics, so I'm pumped. Well, actually, I've also read now Doctor Strange We've too. Read so Doctor Strange, myself, yes.
0: yes. <laughs> I'm really People are going to be asking about House of M, dog.
1: Oh, that's yeah, happening too. too. Yeah. That is going to be happening too. Yeah
0: all right all right well that'll do it we've done uh one dc and one marvel today so that's good and uh we'll have more of uh extra (laughs) sources next show when we catch up with this week's chapters that'll do it for this episode of comic book nation i want to thank everybody for tuning in if you're just getting into the show we put up new episodes every wednesday and every friday on comicbook.com where you can subscribe or i'm sorry where you can uh check out the show and and listen to it on the site or you can listen to your favorite podcast platforms we are on apple podcast spotify stitcher uh, Google Podcast, Google Playlist, iHeartRadio, and you can tell any smart home device to fire up Comic Book Nation Podcast and it will start playing for you right there. If you want to talk to us, drop topics for the show, say what's up, or just follow along with our community, we now have the Twitter account at Comic Book Nation, or you can always find us dropping the hashtag Comic Book Nation so you can join us there. And, uh, like I said, get regular updates about the show and everything you need to know, and just kind of what new stories we'll be talking about and our opinions on things. And uh, yeah, we're on that Twitter account. So uh, follow. If you like the show, go on Apple podcast and uh, leave us a five-star review. Cause one day when COVID blows over, we're going to get back in our offices. We have a whole merch closet and we're going to send a bunch of t-shirts out to our five-star fans as a sign of appreciation. So make sure you get in your five-star reviews on Apple podcast. If you want to talk to me, you can follow me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB.
1: And you can find me at Janelle Wheeler on Twitch and all the socials.
0: All right. That'll do it. Thank you again. This is Comic Book Nation. We hope you guys stay checked in, stay healthy. We're sorry about the movies of 2020. And uh, hopefully we can get things back on track in 2021. But we have more great stuff to talk about every week. We still got streaming. We still got shows and some big things happening between now. Yeah, gaming. Comics. Consoles coming. Comics, manga, anime. We got it all. Wrestling. So stay tuned in. Comic Book Nation. We'll see you next time. Peace. Deuces.